You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will talk about the horrible, no good, very bad game today. Then we will look at the upcoming series with the Yankees and spend some time looking at former Indian Giovanni Urshela. Urshila, Urshila, who has been a star for the Yankees this year. Uh, so today's game, maybe I overhyped it. I mean, I don't know. Brian Johnson is really, really bad, and uh, he tried to give the Indians the game, and they just wouldn't take it. Uh, for the first two innings, he gave up a hit in each inning, and then we have error, error, wild pitch, strikeout, walk ground out and the Indians only get that one run across Boston's bullpen has been nothing short of a disaster this year you wouldn't think that with the way they completely shut down the Cleveland Indians um the rest of the game after Johnson goes out oh that's my cat apparently also kind of infuriated by the game today uh just two more hits the rest of the way and remember Johnson didn't even last all the way through the third so from Partway through the third inning, two hits, a walk, and a hit batter. And those are the only base runners the Indians manage. You know, uh, Shane Bieber does give up home runs. He is prone to those. Um, he had a good start. When your starter goes six innings and gives up two earned runs, uh, you'll take it. Nick Goody, he wasn't going to stay as good as he had been. But, uh, yeah, it was an ugly performance. And Logan Allen making his Cleveland Indians debut. We will talk about that more in a second here. But, uh, I mean, for me in this game, that was probably the most entertaining bit. Uh, Allen coming in for two and a third, striking out three, not walking anyone, and allowing three hits. Carlos Santana had that uh, strikeout in a with runners in scoring position, but he's also the only batter who reached base uh, more than once in this game. So, uh, as he has been many times, his uh, both his and Fran Mill's home run uh, streak have been broken. But uh, it was also kind of funny, uh, just in general, seeing Logan Allen get the call-up in this particular game, in this particular series, because for those who aren't familiar, Logan Allen was originally drafted by the Boston Red Sox. Um, he was kind of viewed as a, a lot similar to how he is now, but I, he was uh, there was more doubt because his, he wasn't quite as big. But uh, yeah, he was drafted by the Red Sox, came over to them to San Diego in the Craig Krim, Kimbrel trade, and then uh, from there. Uh, you know, of course, ended up with the Indians thanks to the Trevor Bauer deal. If you had missed the move, you know, it was basically they gave up on Josh Smith. Not hard after yesterday's game. Um, gives the Indians another lefty in the pen. They can try him out. Uh, he already had to be on the 40-man. So it's it's a simple move. Uh not a whole lot else to state with that one other than that. Um, it It's nice for the team right now 
because it gives him a potential lefty in the pen. I think he's better than Olsen or Smith or a lot of these guys they've tried there. Um, and you let him pitch there. He's he's already logged a good amount of innings this year. Let him work out of the pen, help the team, and then, you know, is he a starter next year for them? Maybe. Um, but it, it's... The Indians aren't losing a starter this offseason. Uh, you know, it can kind of just be best pitcher available. Uh, you know... Uh, I've kind of gone on record. I don't think Saval is quite as uh, strong as everyone thinks he is. We'll see. But, I mean, there's just so much depth. I'm saying I mean a lot, but going into next year, you got Bieber, Clevenger, Kluber, Carrasco. Those are kind of the, the money guys. And then you have kind of that next tier with Saval, Allen, Plesak, Jeffrey Rodriguez, and Adam Plutko who have all been starters this year. Then you got the two younger guys in the upper levels, Tristan McKenzie and Sam Henkes. I also think you need to pay attention to Scott Moss because the Indians did go out and get him, and he will need to be 40-man added. So just something to uh, to consider. Plain and simply, Allen makes the Indians better now. He is their best chance at finding an effective left-handed reliever at this point in the season. Um, I do not think that is his long-term placement, but uh, that is where he can help the Indians the most, and that is a definite need for the Cleveland Indians. Speaking of needs, if you need some grooming downstairs, we have a sponsor for you, Manscaped. Manscaped is, uh, you've seen them on Shark Tank, and they now have the... uh, the new lawnmower two. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the commercial for this, but it's uh, you know it's like virtually guaranteed to not nick you where you don't want to be nicked. It's waterproof. It does all the things you need it to do. Uh, Men's Journal named it the one of the best tools in men's grooming, and you can get twenty percent off the lawnmower two and free shipping when you use the promo code Locked On. So now that your area is all nice, you've gone and use the promo code locked on on manscaped.com then you can go over to bluechew.com use the promo code locked on again and get something to spice up the down there area um it's bluechew.com we've had them since the beginning they've been fantastic in terms of supporting this show uh it's the little blue pill like all the others but it's chewable hit your bloodstream quicker you're ready to go quicker so you're gonna go over to blue chew use that promo code and just cause you causes you it well it causes some things but what it's going to do is cost you five bucks that's the shipping cost you're paying the shipping cost to get a free sample discreetly mailed to your door so combine them bluechew.com manscaped.com promo code locked on okay back uh so for some quick oh no i did not mean to uh sorry <laughs> The uh, the joys of a self-run show, uh, the, you know, we're we're kind of a independent podcast, not really, but kind of. I well, I think it is time, as I was kind of getting ready to say there, for some uh, standings checks. We haven't done that much this week. The good news is that uh, the Twins lost today, so the. Even though the Indians lost two out of three of the Red Sox, currently have a two-game losing streak, lost, and it just pains me because Boston had been so bad. Um, so bad. I mean, 
ugh, that's not the team you want to give up games to, especially when Brian Johnson is pitching one of them. It just it, it pains me inside. Uh, but the Indians are still half a game back. Tampa has played better via late. Oakland as well has played better of late. The Indians are still the leaders in the wild card. They're half a game behind the Twins. And their wild card lead is they have a just it's down to a one and a half game lead over Tampa um, and a three and a half game lead over Oakland. And Boston's now up to just seven and a half back after, uh, you know, when you take multiple games from a team in front of you, it just helps you jump up and gain ground. It does not get easier for the Indians. Um it was bad enough, you know. I mean, Boston is always difficult just because it's it's high payroll and all of these other things. But at the end of the day, it's a Boston team that's missing starters, has a really weak pen, has some lineup issues, and the Indians couldn't take advantage. Um, that was kind of their cupcake before this rough stretch. Uh, the Yankees uh, have the best record in the American League. And then after that, the Mets have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. So the next seven games are going to be rough. Uh, when they face the Mets, too, it's Mats, Stroman, and Sindengarden. Um, yay, they missed DeGrom. <laughs> it's, it's still not not good. Uh, for the Yankees, you have Chad Green, um, Tanaka, James Paxton, and CC Sabathia. So we'll go through these uh, the matchups pretty quickly. If you're thinking, wait, isn't Chad Green a reliever? You, you would be correct. He is a reliever. Uh, but he's also been a starter this year to the uh, 11 games, to the tune of 11 games. Uh, the ERA doesn't look great, but the FIP is actually pretty good at nearly a run lower. Um, he's had some bad luck with his bat pip. Guys are putting him in play. But, you know, the high strikeout, the low walk... Um, there's just a lot of reasons to look at that performance and think he is better than than just what the ERA would tell you. This is going to be a hard matchup. Um, there's my cat again deciding that uh, she wants to be the star of the show today. You know, the Indians lineup is set up to be better against um, against a left-handed pitcher thanks to their recent trades. Um, you know, they've definitely missed having Puig in the lineup the last two games. They won't have Puig against Chad Green either, who is a righty. Um, in this one, I mean, I think it is a clear advantage for the Yankees. Um, I, I don't really think one can make an argument that Plutko is better than Green. Uh, next game, Saval versus Tanaka. Everyone's so excited about of all and you know Masahiro Tanaka hasn't been quite as good I think as people expected him to be it doesn't mean he's been bad he's been a good mid-rotation starter um, again we're looking at a guy with a low walk rate doesn't really hurt himself can be long ball prone that's that's what you have to take advantage of um, with him but he's not someone who is going to hurt himself? He's he's been an effect, effective starter, not necessarily a a great one, but at the end of the day, you know his his FIP is a four four two. 
he's uh, he leads the Yankees pitchers in uh, in F WAR, Fangraphs WAR. But uh, I think Chad Green is the more dangerous guy in this matchup. I think I would still prefer the Yankees just because I just don't trust uh, Saval. I think uh, comeuppance is coming soon. Uh, James Paxton, I don't think, has been quite what the Yankees hoped. It's kind of a similar story to um, to Tanaka, you know, 437 whip. It's a little bit better. Second highest war on the team. In terms of, like, hit rate and walk rate... I mean, sorry, strikeout rate and uh, walk rate. His, you know, he's missing bats at an extremely high rate, over 11 in a game. Uh, walking guys under four, which is fine, but again, high home run rate. Um, and the the way the Indians lineup is constructed, Plesac versus Paxton, I'm still probably advantage Yankees. Uh, then Sunday's game, Clevenger versus Sabathia. That's that's the one that's advantage Indians. But it comes down to, I mean, Sabathia again, walk rate under three, strikeout rate over eight. He's, uh, you know, he's he's still surprisingly effective for a guy with his build who's thirty eight years old. I think we all kind of expected him to. Uh, to have fallen on hard times by now just because he's so big and always carried around that extra weight. But he's still going out there and producing. You know, his his FIP is a is a disaster show at a five nine two though. Um so this one is the clear advantage Indians. They should win Sunday's game going away, but they should have won today's game going away. So we will have to see how it all plays out. Um but yeah, I mean while the Indians are doing this and then the Mets, it's Bieber versus Mats, Plutko versus Stroman, and Saval versus Sindengarden. Ugh. And, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a, a rough stretch. The Indians are already behind the Twins after coughing up two to a very beatable uh, Red Sox team. A uh, Red Sox team that everyone was beating, except for the Cleveland Indians. It reminds me of when... Uh, uh, I'm, uh, when the Indians were getting beat up by Baltimore. It's like <laughs> the one team no one else uh, can lose to, the Indians lose to. Um, Trent Grisham was the, the guy who saved the Indians tonight, the rookie uh, Brewers outfielder at a three-run home run. Uh, you might remember him from earlier talk on the podcast when I thought he could be an interesting trade target for the Indians. Um, yeah, some uh, some interesting stats this year for uh him in the minors not quite as big of a name prospect as he was when he was drafted but uh still someone too uh interesting to watch so while while we have uh both new york squads down to texas the twins go and then they get the white Sox. so it is a significantly easier schedule and you're like, but hey, then the Indians get the Royals. Yeah, well, at the same time, um, the Twins get the Tigers, uh, and then the White Sox, and then the Tigers. <laughs> Before three games against, again, a very beatable Boston team. And it's not until September 6th where it goes Cleveland, the Washington Nationals, who are a playoff team, and Cleveland again, that this schedule has any difficulty 
And then guess what happens after that stretch of nine games for the Twins? White Sox, Royals, Tigers, Royals. The White Sox have, you know, uh, 12 games against teams. Uh, I got to look at, I mean, counting the Rangers, 16 games left with teams above 500. Uh, it's it's a really easy schedule. Uh, you can't complain because the Indians were able to take advantage of their easy schedule to really jump up and uh, make this a tight race. But uh, at the same time, yeah, it's 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 going to make it hard. The, the Indians already are behind. They're going to face some tough teams. Um, whereas the Twins really get to cakewalk at home for the most part. If you're curious about, like, well, how many games do the Indians have left against teams with better than 500 record? And he said there's 16 for the uh, for the Twins. So we have seven this week. Then we got 10, 13, 16, 19, 22. That's significant. I mean, that is very significant. And that is a, you want to know more than anything else when right now this division is kind of a coin flip. Uh, the Twins should be considered heavy favorites because of the strength of schedule going forward. Uh, I, I think that should, that's really all you really need to look at when you think who is the favorite for this division. Okay, I promised some Gio Urshela talk. I was never a big fan of his in the minors because he just never hit enough. But uh, he has been a lifesaver for the Yankees this year, and there are a lot of angry fans who never wanted to let him go and are like, ah, see, I told you. The problem is Gio Oshirla in the minors uh, only hit double-digit home runs twice and maxed out at 18 home runs in a season. He's hit 18 this year. Um, you know, if we, I go over to Baseball Savant... He doesn't have any reds. There's nothing that really shows a guy. Now, he doesn't qualify, which is probably part of the problem. Um, he's just not up there enough. You know, His expected batting average... See, now this is interesting. His exit velocity is good. His launch angle is good. So his expected batting average is first in the league. Uh, weighted on base average is top 3% and top 6% for expected slugging. He's, his hard hit percentage is okay, nothing spectacular, but there's um, you know there, there's some signs that he's, as a player who's 27, is maybe getting just stronger and growing into some strength and uh, you know becoming a better hitter. There's also some reasons why um, he's going to come crashing down a bit. And what stands out more than anything else is his batting average of balls put in play. Good old Bapip. So, I always get this wrong. I want to say it's about a 285 is average. We see it higher for faster guys. Urshela is not a faster guy. During his minor league career, his Bapip was... I wonder if I had it and I lost it. It was a 291. This year he's at a 358. So, you're talking about, you know, a 60-point jump in expected batting average. Uh, that. That's significant. His, you're like, well, is his bat pip really that high? Yes. Uh, if he had enough at-bats to qualify, he'd be 11th in bat pip. Um, nestled r right after his teammates, DJ Matheu and Luke Voigt, showing the Yankees have a lot of regression uh, candidates. 
let's say we just take away those 60 points. You still have a guy who's hitting 270 with a three, you know, basically a 320 on base and a 590 slugging. He's hitting for a lot of power. And there are some things to look at for this. Um, one, he's not pulling the ball as much this year. He's using the whole field. He's going to center specifically more than he's really ever done in his minor league career. Um, not so much going the opposite way, but he's doing, there is some there, but he's going to center more. He's not quite a dead pool hitter. And then in addition to that, his home run to fly ball ratio is astronomical. Uh, it's nearly 20%. You know, it's one of those things you can go look at that number. And that's one of those things with Trevor Bauer. We saw the huge variance over the last two years, and that's kind of the difference in him as a, a hitter. It can be a little more consistent with uh, with hitters, but again, this is for a guy who, you know, most of his minor league career is around 6%, uh, getting up to 8%. You know, the occasional 12 or 13, to be at almost 19% is uh, a significant change. I mean, maybe there's changes in approaches and other things, all the stuff you want to talk about, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, Urshela looks like a prime regression candidate when I look over everything. I could be wrong. We'll have to see. But uh, there, there's a lot of reasons why um, it's totally okay to be upset that he got away. Every team's got a guy or two like him that did. But also, um, this could be a lot similar to Jesus Aguilar, where you know Aguilar a year ago was an all-star and the talk of the town and within a calendar year, he shipped off for spare pitching parts. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I'm starting to lose my voice here at the end as I'm still recovering from illness. So let's just get to the end. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.